Good morning, everyone. Everybody having fun so far? Thank you for a great worship time. It's always good to gather in the house of the Lord and lift up His name and praise Him. Amen? For those of you that I haven't met, my name is Brian Tammany. I'm one of the leaders of the church. And Pastor Jeff graciously asked me to speak this morning. And I graciously said yes. And so, I have a message I believe the Lord has given me. I pray that Pastor Jeff and Lisa have a great week of vacation. But I really believe I have an important word to share this morning. Being the human instrument delivering it, I pray that I get out of the way and God steps in. I'm sure you hope that too, right? And so I know we've prayed and we've worshipped, but if you wouldn't mind, I'd like to just pray a moment again that I would be really open to what he wants me to say. And something we don't think of sometimes, the word can be good, but sometimes the soil isn't prepared. So I want to pray that each one of us has a receptive heart, that we're open that we're really ready to receive. And I want to ask you also to please keep in mind that if you have known sin in your life that you haven't confessed, that can be a hindrance to him. I'm getting directions here. What am I doing? Pull it out of my shirt. Away from my shirt. Okay. Sorry about that. But talking about our hearts being prepared, we all struggle with sin, we all have difficulties and problems, but the thing is admitting that we're having difficulties and problems and really turning it over to the Lord. So if you have any known sin you're just hanging on to, I would ask you to please, in your own heart, confess it to the Lord, ask Him to restore a complete fellowship with you, and we'll really pray that we have a fresh anointing in all of our lives today. Amen? So let's just pray. Father, we come before you in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Father, we bless you. We praise you. We thank you. We give you glory and we give you honor. Father, I pray that I might be just very open to speak whatever you want spoken. I pray, Father, that you would give me your words and your ideas and your thoughts. Lord, help me to step away, and I ask, Holy Spirit, that you speak through me. I pray that you touch hearts here today. I pray, Lord, for those that are struggling with sin, that they might just confess it to you, be honest with you. Those that need special help today, Lord, I ask you to help them. Father, I pray that your presence would continue to fill this place. We command all oppression to leave in Jesus' mighty name. Lord, just let your presence fill this place. Amen. I'm going to start this morning with a testimony, testimonial, should I say. I want to give a testimonial to my best friend. Now you may say, why are you going to do that? Well, it's important, you'll see. And I'm not going to talk about my wife Lois, although she's certainly very lovely, a great woman of God. I appreciate her. She's God's gift to me. And she is a good friend. I'm not going to talk about my children, 
Although I love my children, Sean, Aileen, Justin, I'm not going to talk about them this morning. You know, I appreciate them being in my lives. I appreciate all they are to me. I thank God for them. And I'm not going to talk about my grandchildren. How many of you are happy? Good. I don't have any pictures. And I'm not going to talk about some of you here. There are people here who I consider very good friends, and I really appreciate you in my life. I'm going to talk about someone who came into my life about 43 years ago when I really needed someone in my life. I was looking for direction by the ways of the world. I was very successful, but I was very empty. I was searching. I was looking. I was looking for greater meaning in my life. Have any of you been there? Or maybe you're here right now? You have a lot of things, but you're missing something. I was missing something, and I was looking. And this person showed up very unexpectedly and completely changed my life. I wasn't expecting him to come in, but he's never left my life. He's been with me every step of the way. He's been through every problem that I've gone through, and he offers me great encouragement and great wisdom. And actually, knowing him these 43 years, I have to say that my life has changed a lot. It's changed for the better. I've become a better person. That was important. I have become a better person. I know I'm not there yet, but be patient. I know that he will continue walking with me, working with me, and so I really appreciate his presence in my life. When I was down, discouraged, he gave me joy. When I was fearful, he gave me peace. I'm just really happy that he's in my life. I don't know what's going on here, but I hope we can fix it. Um, I just really want to give a testimonial to him today and thank him for his presence in my life. Now, there's times, I have to admit, I was ashamed to talk about him because I think pe people would think, oh, you're a little crazy, you're a little obsessed, or, or whatever. And there were times that people actually did feel that way. And so there were times, I have to admit, I'm a little bit ashamed that I didn't really talk about him the way I should. I don't know if you can guess who I'm talking about, but I'm talking about the Holy Spirit. We're going to use a handheld microphone. That's exciting, right? Now I need one more hand. So we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is my best friend. He's been in my life for years. He's never forsaken me. He's walked each step of the way. And I know this is a short period of time to tell everything about the Holy Spirit, but I want to share a few important things. In case you're wondering what this is, well, my Bible's down there, but I don't have the strength to hold it today. It's actually filled with so many markings and notes that I figured I would write down the scriptures here, and that would be a little bit easier. And I'm talking about the Holy Spirit today because I want to say to you, if you don't know him, I really pray that you get to know him. 
The Father and Jesus send the Holy Spirit into our hearts. So the three things that I'm going to talk about today regarding the Holy Spirit, one, I'm going to talk about his presence in the believer. Secondly, I'm going to talk about how he changes us and makes us holy and more Christ-like. And then I'm going to talk a little bit about his power for effective ministry. That's quite a big agenda, isn't it? But we'll pick a couple of scriptures, and hopefully sometime in the future, we can go into a little bit more depth. I want you to open up with me to John 14. That's the first scripture that we're going to talk about this morning, where Jesus promises the Holy Spirit. John 14, I'm going to look at verses 15 to 18. Jesus says in verse 15, If you love me, keep my commands. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Now, that's kind of interesting, isn't it? Here we have the scene. Jesus is talking about his upcoming crucifixion, his death, his going to Jerusalem to be sacrificed. And the disciples are kind of beside themselves, wondering, what are we going to do? Keep in mind that Jesus walked with his disciples for a couple of years, showing them how to minister speaking truth to them. And they thought, what are we really going to do? If you're not here, what are we really going to do? And perhaps you've had this thought at times, I wish that Jesus was here, walking with me, showing me what to do, showing me how to minister. But actually, Jesus says, even though I go to the Father, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. And he comes to us in the power of the Holy Spirit. So he says, I will ask the Father and give you another advocate. There are different words for this counselor, uh, kind of a term like a defense lawyer, who will help you, who will plead your cause, who will help you to speak out to other people. I will send you another advocate, and he will be with you forever. He is the spirit of truth. And the world kind of laughs when we talk about the Holy Spirit. The world can't accept him. It neither sees him because he is a spirit or knows him. But this is the important part here. But you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. It's kind of interesting in the Old Testament, they had the anointing of the, of the Holy Spirit come upon people to help build the temple, came upon Saul and he prophesied. There's many instances where the Holy Spirit came upon people in anointing. But it's only after the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ that the Holy Spirit comes into believers and lives there forever. We talk about an anointing. Yeah, there can be special anointings where God's presence does some mighty things, But the good news 
is that the Holy Spirit lives inside of us. I want to ask you, have you sometimes neglected that fact? Have you acknowledged him in your life? Jesus sends him to us to help us to continue the journey, to continue his ministry. Amen? We're not orphans. We don't need something else. We have all that we need. We have the indwelling Holy Spirit. Look with me in John 14, verse 25. In verse 25, it says, All this I have spoken while still with you. But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Kind of neat. The Holy Spirit speaks the words of Jesus to us. He reminds us of what Jesus has done. He teaches us all things. I think we have to be more aware of his presence. And we'll talk a little bit more about being more dependent on him, more surrendered to him. Amen? All believers have the Holy Spirit. If people have put their faith in Jesus Christ, they have the indwelling Holy Spirit. But I think in a lot of believers' lives, the Holy Spirit lives in the basement or in uh, maybe granny house in the backyard or whatever. But he's meant to work through us. We're meant to have an intimate relationship with him. We really need to, to acknowledge him. So he'll teach you all things. He'll remind you of everything I've said. Verse 27, peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Jesus has sent the Holy Spirit. If you are a believer, the Holy Spirit lives inside of you. But I wonder if you have to be more open in your relationship with him. You have to welcome him more into every area of your life. He's a person. He's a person who is a gentleman. He will not do anything against your will. He needs you to invite him to work. Amen? John 16, let's look there. John 16, verse 5, it says, But now I am going to him who sent me. None of you ask me, where are you going? Rather, you are filled with grief because I have said these things. But very truly, I tell you, it is for your good that I am going away. Unless I go, the advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. Isn't that kind of interesting? Jesus says it's for your good that I go away. It was important for him to send the Holy Spirit that way he could work in just all believers throughout the world. I have much more to say to you, more than you can now bear. But when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all the truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears. And he will tell you what is yet to come. He will glorify me because it is from me that he will receive what he will make known to you. Kind of interesting seeing the whole Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit working together. Jesus and the Father send the Holy Spirit. 
the Holy Spirit receives words from Jesus to share with us direction. Isn't that interesting? All that belongs to the Father is mine. That is why I said the Spirit will receive from me what he will make known to you. Now, I'm going through reading these passages because very often in our churches, we don't concentrate very much on the Holy Spirit. We don't talk about the Holy Spirit. So I want to make sure that you have these passages for reference. Hopefully, you'll do a little bit more more study on your own. But the Holy Spirit has been sent by the Father and Jesus into our lives. He's a kind He's a sensitive person, and real friendship with him can change our lives. Let me ask you this. If we didn't need a helper, why would Jesus send the Holy Spirit? We have so many Christians who are living by self-effort. Go to your local Christian bookstore, and what do you see? A whole section devoted to self-help. Self-effort. And we are determined to do better. We fall. We sin. We're determined to do better. Any of you been there? And I'll just try a little bit harder. I'll do this. I'll do that. Let me tell you what I have experienced in my life. As I turn things over to the Holy Spirit, he has a way of working them out and changing them. Our job is to admit that we need help. Our job is to admit that we have sin in our lives. And the Holy Spirit, catch his name, he will make us holy. The word holiness also means whole. He will make us whole. There's so many Christians, I believe, running around trying to do it on their own. Let me tell you, you're just going to keep falling and flopping until you realize that you need the helper. You need to rely on him. You need to surrender to him. You need to let him work in your life. Actually, in Ephesians 5, 18, Paul exhorts us to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, that's a little bit different than the permanent indwelling of the Holy Spirit, which we all have. Again, when we accept Jesus Christ as Savior, the Holy Spirit is sent to take our dead hearts and spirits and make them alive. And he places us in the body of Christ. Paul isn't talking about that. He's talking to believers. Being filled or saturated with the Holy Spirit is to be so completely yielded and surrendered that he can possess us fully. And in that sense, can really saturate us. He dwells in every believer but he can be grieved. His activity can be quenched. To be filled with the Holy Spirit, to be saturated, or even a word is baptized, saturated, it's to allow freedom for him to occupy every area of our lives, guiding us, controlling us. Then his power can be exerted through us so that we can be fruitful. Our obedience to God's commands allows the Holy Spirit freedom to work. When we sin, as I pointed out at the very beginning, when we sin, we should immediately confess our sin to God. We should surrender daily to the Holy Spirit in our lives. 
And when we finally realize, when we finally get to the point that we can't do it on our own, we will begin to surrender and depend on him. Does anyone know what I'm trying to talk about here? Have you gotten to that place in your life where you surrendered to him? Where you really depend on him? We don't hear this a lot in our churches. A lot of people, I think, are embarrassed about the Holy Spirit. He's gotten a bad rap along the way. And there are people that go berserk. I've gone berserk sometimes. But he's real. He's powerful. He works. We have to allow him to work in our lives. We have to allow him to work in our churches. Amen? Now I'm going to talk a little bit about the believer's relationship to the Holy Spirit and change in in an individual person's life. Now, I want to look at Romans 8. I'm going to look at a few verses there. In verse 1 of Romans 8, it says, There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. That's really good news. Most of us are aware of the scripture, John 3.16, when we talk about God sending his son, you know, as a sacrifice for each one of us. But John 3, verse 18, talks about belief. This is the situation. In the world, if you're born because of sin, because of the fall, because of your own sin, you're under a sentence of condemnation. That's what John 3.18 talks about. You're condemned. You're a creature of wrath because of sin. But for those who have put their faith in Jesus Christ, that sentence of condemnation is removed from their lives. And that's why we can say there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. If you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, you're not going to go to hell. You're not a creature of wrath. You've been saved. You've been given the Holy Spirit who will be with you forever. He will never leave you. He's a sign and seal of God's ownership in your life. And so there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Verse 8, those who are in the flesh cannot please God. You, however, are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God lives in you. that kind of neat? And so actually the controlling force in our life is not the flesh, but the Spirit. Does the flesh act up at times? Yes. But through the power of the Holy Spirit, we can have victory. We can have change. People that are in the flesh, he's talking about people in the world, people who have not accepted Jesus, people who have not been born again and filled with the Holy Spirit, they cannot please God. But you can because God's Spirit lives in him, lives in you. Now, if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, this person does not belong to him. So that's the sign. A lot of ch- churches, they talk about, Believers get in the Holy Spirit. You got the Holy Spirit. You need to let him work. 
You need to surrender. You need to depend on him. You have the Holy Spirit. What they're actually talking about is the filling of the Holy Spirit. We allow him to work through you, saturate you every area of your life. In verse 10, but if Christ is in you, your body is dead because of sin, but the Spirit is your life because of righteousness. Because of what Jesus has done, the Spirit is your life now, not the flesh. Moreover, if the Spirit of the one who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you, the one who raised Christ from the dead will also make your mortal bodies alive through his Spirit who lives in you. Now, we haven't read some of these verses in a while, have we? All the talk about the Spirit. Is the Holy Spirit important? Yes, he is. Is he important to the individual believer? Yes, he is. Is he important to the church? Yes, he is. He's not just a side doctrine. He's the one who builds the church at Jesus' word. In verse 12, So then, brothers and sisters, we are under obligation not to the flesh, but to live according to to live according to the flesh. If you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. Now, it's kind of interesting. There's times we sin in our lives. And sin always brings some type of death in our lives. Not total death, because we are made alive in Christ. We are new creations. But we invite negative things into our lives. We invite death into our lives when we sin. That's why we need to rely on the Holy Spirit so we don't keep going to the same place, so that we don't keep committing the same sins. How many of you would be honest enough to admit sometimes you commit the same sins over and over and over again? Have you been trying to fix it by self-effort? It's not going to work. When I've been in that place in different areas of my life, I finally get to the point where I say, Lord, Holy Spirit, I can't fix this problem. I can't get over this sin problem. Unless you do something, I'm going to be stuck here. I've tried. I've tried everything. I've prayed. I've talked to people. I've, you know done everything that I know to do, but I can't change this. And it's amazing. You know what I've noticed? Over time, usually not a very long time, all of a sudden I'm not having the same sin problem. Have any of you noticed that in your own lives? We have to get to the point where we let go of self-effort and we rely on the indwelling Holy Spirit. He has power. He is God. He knows what to do. It says, all who are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery leading again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption, by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness to our spirit that we are God's children. And so the Holy Spirit gives us assurance. The Holy Spirit allows us to cry out, Abba. That word means Daddy, Father. We're able to cry out in an intimate relationship with our Father God. 
we're able to praise him, we're able to ask for his help, we have a spirit of adoption. We become sons. That includes men and women. We become sons of God, not the unique son. We don't become God, as someone would suggest. But we become Christ-like, and God is able to use us. God is able to use us to build his kingdom. And Jesus, we are Jesus' arms and legs and mouthpiece. Amen? And so the Spirit himself bears witness to our spirit that we are God's children. It's interesting, a lot of people in the world will say, well, we're all God's children. Actually, we're not. We're all God's creation. He created all of us. We're made in the image and likeness of God, but we don't have the relationship of children. That only comes as we accept Jesus Christ as Savior, as we are born again, as the Holy Spirit comes into our lives. So, in a sense, only believers are children of God. It says, and if children, then heirs, namely heirs of God, and also fellow heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with him, so we may also be glorified in him. The good news is that we are heirs. We're children. We have a part in the kingdom. God's going to use us in glorious ways in the days to come. And he has great and glorious things to give us, to share with us. But while what we need to do is keep experiencing the death of Jesus in each of our lives so we can experience that resurrection power. We have to cooperate with the Holy Spirit and allow him to put to death those things in our lives that are not giving glory to God. And we trust the Holy Spirit to change us, to make us whole. Amen? Do you know what I'm talking about? What's the bottom line for this part of what I want to say to you? We have to cooperate with God. But you don't have to be God. You have to allow God to do His work in you. You have to have an ongoing solid relationship with the Holy Spirit where you acknowledge His presence, ask for His power, surrender to Him, and say, Holy Spirit, I depend on you. I start every day asking the Holy Spirit to just completely take over my life, to change things in me that need changing, to use me to help other people, to open up opportunities. I bet if you've prayed that he would open up opportunities for you to share the gospel or minister to someone, I bet on those days that you pray that you've seen opportunities open up. The Holy Spirit wants to work through us. The Holy Spirit wants our ministers to be fruitful. Sometimes we don't see our ministries being fruitful at all. And I say the reason is they're not empowered by the Holy Spirit. Now, the last little section I want to talk about, and as I say, I can't go into real depth in any one of these sections. I want to give you a good overview. I want to make a recommendation, too, if you want a recommendation. An excellent book on the Holy Spirit is written by Charles Stanley. It's called The Spirit-Filled Life. 
And in case you're wondering, no, I do not get a commission. But we have been using it in our home group, and I've bought that book for other people because there's such an important message in there. If you don't know much about the Holy Spirit, if you don't know much about surrendering to the Holy Spirit, if you don't know much about being used by the Holy Spirit, I really suggest that you get Charles Stanley's book, The Spirit-Filled Life, and you can get it at any online bookstore. The last section I want to talk about is ministry that's effective. I want you to look with me at Acts 1, verse 4. Important passage here. Book of Acts, chapter 1, verse 4. Now, I want you to keep in mind that the disciples had walked with Jesus. They had talked with Jesus. They had watched him minister. They had heard his words. He even sent them out to minister to other people and then sat down and shared with them maybe some things they could change, other things they could do. So they had this ongoing personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Most of us would long for that, right? But we have something even better in our day. And so Jesus said to them, I know you're sad. I'm going away. We looked at, I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. I will come to you in another way. In Acts 1 verse 4, it says, when he was with them, he declared, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait there for what the fa- my father promised, which you heard from me. So even though they sat with the master, talked with the master, worked with the master, he knew that they were not prepared for ministry. Do you realize that Jesus laid down his own power when he came to earth and relied on the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit to perform the miracles. Jesus didn't perform them through his power, but through the power of the Holy Spirit. And he went away and prayed to the Father. He gives us a model of what our lives should be like. We should spend time with the Father, get away, spend time with him, and then ask the Holy Spirit to work through us. Many times when I minister to to people, I wouldn't say many times, I guess every time. You know, there's times I don't know how to minister to someone. And sometimes I'm very empty. And I'll have someone come and say, would you pray for me? Now, I love to pray for people, and I have a lot of faith when I pray for people. But sometimes in myself, I think, I am so empty. Why are you asking me, you know? And then I just stop. And in my mind and in my heart, I just turn it over to the Lord. I ask the Holy Spirit to empower me, to use me, to speak through me. As I may lay my hand on someone, I pray that his power would be ministered to them. And you know what? So many times people will say, wow, that was really powerful. And I'll think the Holy Spirit came through because I had nothing. I had nothing to give you. Any of you relate with what I'm saying? It's a matter of not us having the power. It's letting his power work through us. We, we try to do Christianity too much on our own power. 
And Jesus keeps saying, no, don't do it on your own. I'm going to send you a helper. Rely on the helper. Don't go out doing your own thing. Let the Holy Spirit work with you. Don't leave Jerusalem. Wait for what the Father promised. And before I minister to people, I'll take a short little period of time, and I'll pray that the Holy Spirit will start working through me. And you know what? He always does. And then in Acts 1, verse 8, it says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the farthest parts of the earth. Again, I want to remind you, they had walked with Jesus for three years, talked with him, ministered with him, watched him. He mentored them. They probably thought they were ready. But he said, no, you need the power. And I'm going to send the power for ministry. That power is in the person of the Holy Spirit who will lead you, guide you, give you the words to speak. We remember in other places, you know, don't be afraid when you appear before rulers. The Holy Spirit will give you the words to speak. Well, that's if we're listening, right? If we're relying on him. I find that most change only happens in our lives when we get to the point where we have to give up. I found that in counseling, I can share all my good thoughts and all the wisdom and all the techniques with someone about how their life could change. But until they're motivated to change, no change happens. You're just wasting your time. And so I can be talking and talking and talking today about the power of the Holy Spirit to change our lives and to help us more effectively minister But it's not going to work unless you're at a point in your life where you say, I'm ready for that. I need that. I need something more in my life. I need to really surrender to the indwelling Holy Spirit. I know I'm a believer. I have the Holy Spirit. I have to learn how to surrender to him and depend on him a little bit more. And so Jesus said, you'll receive power. A lot of ministry nowadays is very well-meaning, and it might be the nice thing to say, but it has no power. In a lot of churches, they may say nice words, but we didn't come to have an intellectual um, assessment or to have our minds tickled. We came to experience power. We came to experience change. Even Paul said, I didn't come with demonstrations of human wisdom. I came with a manifestation of the Spirit's power. That changes your lives. These words aren't just words. They're power. They have the power to change you if you receive them. So the last thing that I want to look at right here is 1 Corinthians 12. We don't have too much time to go through this in detail, but I want you to be aware of this. There are spiritual gifts from the Holy Spirit. We need to be open. A lot of people are afraid of them. Don't be afraid of them. Be open to how he can work through you. It says in verse 1 of 1 Corinthians 12, With regard to spiritual gifts, brothers and sisters, I don't want you to be uninformed. I don't want you to be ignorant. 
Now, there are different gifts, but the same Spirit. There are different ministries, but the same Lord. And there are different results or workings, but the same God who produces all of them in, any, in everyone. Now, it's kind of interesting. In verse 1, the word there for spiritual gifts is the word pneumaticos. The Holy Spirit is described as a wind. And so these are gifts of the Holy Spirit that he's talking about. They are not resident gifts that you can say, I have this gift. It's being open to him using you in a particular situation in one of these ways. As he blows, as he wills, as he looks for open hearts, people that are available, he will give them the ability to do these things. We can't choose. It's entirely up to him, as you'll see. And so, pneumaticos in verse 1, gifts of the Spirit. There are different gifts, but the same Spirit. There are different ministries, but the same Lord. There are different results. We see all three persons of the Trinity involved here. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. We see the the Father is the one that brings growth, brings the harvest, gives us natural talents to help build things up. The Holy Spirit blows and moves and performs great things, gives us word to speak as he will. And it also says the same Lord, talking about Jesus, he raises up leaders. He raises up apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers. And what's their job? To equip the body of Christ to do the ministry. And so in other words, in a lot of our churches, we think our job is just to show up, right? To show up and we grade the minister on the job he's doing. The point is, we are all ministers. We are sitting here to be equipped to go out and to do the works, to share the gospel, to pray with people, to help people, to serve people. This is kind of a workshop, a training ground of God equipping us to go forth. And so Jesus raises up apostles, prophets, Uh, evangelists, pastors, teachers to equip the body in a variety of ways. We can't go too much into detail or I'll get thrown out of here and the Sunday school teachers will revolt. But perhaps we can talk about this a little bit more in the future. And so in verse 7, to each person, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the benefit of all. Manifestation, the Holy Spirit makes his presence evidence. Manifest, when you manifest something, what do you do? You show it forth. It comes out and you see the Holy Spirit's working, right? He doesn't have a body, but you see his presence. You see a manifestation of him. And it's for the benefit of all people. It's not the benefit for me, if I'm the one ministering, to say, look at me. I just manifested the Holy Spirit. It's for the purpose of other people. It's for the benefit of everyone. And so it says, for one person is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom, another a message of knowledge according to the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the one Spirit. Do you see who we're talking about here? The Holy Spirit, he keeps being mentioned, right? To another performance of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discernment of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, and to another the interpretation of tongues. 
It is one and the same Spirit distributing, blowing upon people as he decides. It's the Spirit who produces all these things. There's more power available for you. If you didn't know that, what do you do? He gives these gifts, these manifestations as he determines. Just pray that you're more open. When I was a new Christian, I didn't know any better. I just, oh, I'd like to be used that way. I'd like to be used that way. I'd like to be open to do that because I'd see all the needs of people. And you know what? Over these 43 years, he's taught me a lot. I've seen a lot of the Holy Spirit's power. I've seen a lot of his manifestations. Does that take away from Jesus? No, because the Holy Spirit is always glorifying Jesus by what he does. He's continuing the ministry of Jesus. Do I believe these gifts are still operative today? I do. Maybe you disagree with me. But I do. I think lots of times we don't expect very much. We don't pray for very much. We don't know very much about the Holy Spirit But the Holy Spirit is real. He lives inside of you if you're a believer. And he wants you to rely on him a little bit more and surrender to him a little bit more. I want to sum up here. I don't feel I've done a great job on this because there's so much information. But let me just share with you a few little final points. I said earlier, too many believers are doing the best they can in the Christian life, operating through sheer determination or discipline. There's no power in their lives. They're living the Christian life through self-effort, and it's not going to work. You're not going to get anywhere. There's little distinction between believers and unbelievers in the world. When you look at all the statistics of sin... Marriages breaking apart, abortions, all the things in the world. There's very little distinction between believers and unbelievers. That's because we're not really tapping into the power that we can have in our lives. God is looking for imperfect men and women who have learned to walk and depend on the Holy Spirit. The Christian life isn't just difficult. It's impossible if you don't rely on the Holy Spirit. Do you think I'm making my message clear? Are we getting the point? What do I want from you? If I've hit you at all, I want you to say, I'm going to just say the Holy Spirit, I surrender to you. I want to depend on you. I want you to teach me. I want you to work through me. I want you to make me holy. I want you to empower me for ministry. And as you grow in your understanding of the Holy Spirit, you'll rely on him more. You'll ask more for his guidance. I just want to thank the Holy Spirit. I want to thank my best friend. I am someone who's a very unworthy person. I'm a sinner saved by grace. I don't deserve to be talking to people. And I couldn't change my life. I couldn't clean myself up. And I couldn't minister to other people until I realized that Jesus was sending me a helper. And I needed to rely on him a little bit more. Amen.
We're going to pray in a few moments. Ask the worship team maybe to come up. Want to pray? How many of you would like to depend more on the Holy Spirit? Just raise your hand. Is that true? That's true. I hope you've heard me. I want to pray for you for a moment. Again, if you have a chance, read Charles Stanley's book, The Spirit-Filled Life. Every day, talk to the Holy Spirit. Ask Him to lead you, guide you, change you. Lead you to places where you can effectively minister. Let's just stand for a moment. Let me pray for you. Father, I hope that I have done a decent job here, that I've gotten your points across. Father, I pray that you touch hearts. If you have the Holy Spirit, just ask him to fill you right now. Sin can grieve him. Denying him can quench the Spirit. But if you have the Holy Spirit, ask him to take over more in your life. And if you don't have the Holy Spirit, it means you've never put your faith in Jesus Christ as Savior. And it's always a good time. Now's a good time to say to Jesus, I recognize that you died for my sin. You went to the cross and took my punishment. And you were raised from the dead. I believe that. Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner. Save me. Fill me with the Holy Spirit. It's that simple. So if you don't have the Holy Spirit, if you don't know Jesus, ask him to fill you right now. In Jesus' name. Lord, just work in this assembly here. There's people that probably need healing or even need deliverance, need a word of wisdom. Lord, I ask you to work. I ask you, Lord, to continue moving in this place. Amen.